Welcome to Talking Tuesday. I am your host, Fancy Quant, and today we're going to talk about the challenges in hiring from a hiring perspective here. Uh, so many of you know I've been on the hiring side. I've also am currently on uh, the getting hired side, right? I am the employee looking for a job. And, you know, it's hard, I think, to see it from the employer perspective because we have this really broken, I think, cultural system, the way that society looks at how employers and employees interact. And what we currently view this as is the company has all this money, they're making lots of profits, and they just need peons to come in and fill seats. And so basically, when you're looking for a job, you're on your hands and your knees just begging them for some sort of job. And because of that, uh, this is just how we think of the dynamics here, right? The big, nasty, evil corporations who just sit back in their, you know, ivory tower uh, looking to hire people. And so we just go along and try to find some way to pay the bills. Uh, this is really damaging, I think, in the way that we go about looking at jobs. This is also damaging in the fact that it kind of ruins your perspective on how it works from a hiring perspective and the challenges that hiring managers go through. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit today because I've been in these little sticky situations where I need someone, I want someone, and I don't just want someone to fill a seat. I want someone dynamic, someone excited to show up to work, someone who's like wants to work with me. So I'm being the manager, or even my team of people. I want them to be excited. I want them to be there, uh, but I need the right person for the job. So let's go through a little bit of these issues I see both on the corporation side. So why corporations screw themselves over because they're not real bright. And then also on the employee side and kind of the challenges that hiring managers are facing that you might not fully understand. So starting off here, right, the biggest issue I see with corporations is that the hiring manager, so sometimes even the person that's doing the hiring that you work on their team, a lot of times they're reporting to somebody else and that person has some sort of mandate or they see some sort of need and they need to hire someone. So they go out there and they say, okay, I need to hire someone. And I say, oh, great. Okay. What do we need to hire as a corporation? What are the skills that we need? Um, what exactly are they going to be doing in the job on the day to day? And how do we kind of list that out in a job description such that it is very descriptive of exactly what we're going to be doing. So I get the right sort of applicants. Now, a lot of companies screw themselves by not putting anything of value on that sheet. So as an example of this, I had a job I was trying to fill and I had a manager and I had the posting and I read the posting and I said, this doesn't tell me anything and it's not relevant to what we're doing. And some of these skills are quite odd. Like for example, it says stochastic processes, stochastic calculus. I mean, yeah, that'd be an awesome skill to have, but we're not doing that for this role. What exactly are you hiring this candidate to do? They just kind of threw up their hands and said, oh, just having them uh, do this job validation. Just do validation work. I mean, you have to narrow, narrow down those skills to exactly what you're needing in a job. And this, I think, is where a lot of corporations fail is they don't know what they need. So they kind of have this really pie in the sky, broad category. And often it doesn't really tell you what I need. Now, this makes it a horrible situation for everyone involved because HR often mandates that you have a job description and you're not allowed to hire outside of that job description, which I think is bad practice because if you find someone who's more qualified, you should be able to hire them. And they might have unique skills that you didn't think of that you should add, that they have, that you need, that are better than other skills in the description. And I get HR's entire perspective here, which is how do we nail down exactly what we need and make sure we're not discriminating? How do we make sure we're hiring exactly what the corporation does need? And so that's why they do have these job descriptions. But in general, corporations don't think, I think a lot of times about exactly what do you want from the employee? And this has been a big struggle for me on the employee side because I go to these firms and I interview, I say, okay, what do you need me to do? What problem am I here to solve? 
And they look at me like dumbfounded, like I need someone to come do validation, just show up and do validation. And I'm like, like what, like what are the problems you have and what skills do you need to solve them? Because if I don't have those skills, I don't want to jump into this role and not be prepared to do the job, right? I might not be a good fit. And if I'm not a good fit, I don't want the job. Now this shatters that paradigm of you need to be, you know, begging for the job and the company's going to pay you and you'll just do whatever the company wants. No, this is not how it should work. So job descriptions are a huge, huge issue. Uh, as a hiring manager, you need to spend a lot of time really thinking through what are the current needs I have, right? What are the exact needs I currently have? What skills do they need to have as an employee? How are they going to succeed here long-term? And also what skills do you need long-term? Like maybe I'm hiring for a very specific role, let's say, I don't know, let's say CCAR stress testing. I need time series and they have to have it today. I also need credit risk maybe coming up soon and they might have to kind of shift roles between the two. Maybe it's credit risk with CCAR stress testing. So you need to start thinking through, these are the skills that they absolutely have to have and the ones that we need here. And unfortunately, companies screw themselves and often just don't do this very well. So that's kind of the first hurdle. The second hurdle is going to be the fact of compensation. So I see all kinds of things on LinkedIn where people go, oh, you know, you should just offer really qualified people the job. And if they want to take it, then they'll take it. And if they don't want to take it, they won't take it, you know, but you just don't know what they're willing to make. This is like the opposite problem. This is the fairy tale dream that somehow if you just go out and find the most qualified candidate ever and then you offer them a really good deal, they're going to take the job. And if not, you know, oh, well, it's your loss because they're an amazing person and everyone feels good. This is really dumb. So one of the big constraints you have as a hiring manager is a budget. So big banks, big firms are typically more constrained by budgets but small firms, startups are going to be constrained as budgets as well. And often what you see is that you see this budget and you have X amount of dollars that you can spend for a candidate. So sometimes you see like a specific value, like let's say a starting role I've got between, I don't know, I have upwards of like $80,000, maybe $100,000 for that position given the right candidate. So really I know in my mind as the hiring manager, I need to know what the market rate is. I know to get a starting person that's really good you know, 70-ish is kind of low. 80 is really where I like to start people off at. And if they're a stellar all-star and I can get a little more in the budget, I'm going to give them 90 to 100 if I can get it. It's not always possible. Uh, now, let's say some all-star comes in and applies with 20 years of experience and they worked all these big banks and they really need a job and they got fired and they're laid off and yada, yada, yada. And what ends up happening is that they want the job. Well, the problem is I don't have the money in the budget to pay them because I know for a fact how much they made at their last firm because I know the people that work at these different firms. So I can easily make a little bit of a phone call and figure out about how much they're making. It's not going to be exact. I'll know about how much they're making. Now, if you've got a candidate that's making like 150, they're not in the budget. There's no way I can get an extra $50,000 to make that happen here. Now, there is somewhat of a delusion perspective, I think, for a lot of firms, especially when you get to these big structured firms. They're not really competing for top of the line, cutting edge talent. If this is the case, often the budget can get moved around a little bit. You know, maybe you need an extra 20,000, 50,000. Maybe I can get them with a sign-on bonus. Uh, maybe I need to get them with uh, moving expenses if I need them to move out here, which I don't see why, given all the remote working we have now. But often the budget piece is extremely hard. So as a hiring manager, now that you have a budget number, you know that if someone is way overqualified and you make the offer and they take the offer, they're not going to be there very long. Maybe six months, maybe a year. 
two years max. There's no way they're lasting more than two years because they're going to want to move on to something else bigger and better and make more money. Why would you take a massive pay cut doing the same job or the same type of work when you could just, you know, go somewhere else who's going to pay you more? So as a hiring manager, I don't want to hire multiple people for the same position over and over and over again. It looks bad on your turnover rate. Uh, it takes up a ton of time to hire people, which I'll talk about here in a second. But budget is a real killer and it's a real struggle. So, you know, don't feel bad on, oh, I can't find a job and this company I applied for, and, you know, woe is me and they didn't hire me. Often there's budget constraints. And if there's a budget constraint, right, it's better off just to move on. You know, don't don't beg, don't grovel. It is extremely challenging though in a hiring manager position. What makes it more challenging as well as I've seen, often there's a budget to hire a few people. So let's say you have, I don't know, you need to hire say three people or something at one shot. So you have some total budget. Let's just, for easy calculation sake, say I have $300,000. You can easily do the math and say it's 100 grand per person and that's what we're gonna do and that's what I'm gonna fill. But again, going back to your corporate needs here, maybe we could get someone that's more talented for like, I don't know, 125. So now that it takes out, you know, 25,000 off of what I would have been able to hire for the other two people. So then figure out how do you spread that? Can you find the right person? And now getting all three candidates to line up can be a challenge. If you find an all-star and you pay them 125 and that's great, maybe you pay them 150. Uh, now your budget's lacking, but you still need to fill those other two positions and you got to kind of figure that out. So it's challenging. It's hard. I know I've had people say to me, I'd love to work for you. I'd love to be on this team or that team. And often I just don't have the budget. Like I have my teams that I've worked with in the past. And I'm like, oh, that one colleague I worked with, he would be the dream. If I could have him back on my team again, uh, we would be, you know, just the all-star team. But I'll, often I just don't have the budget to make that sort of thing happen. So budget is huge. Now, the other issue too with this is that it's really hard to find qualified talent and it's really hard to sort through all of the nonsense. So, oh man, this is tough. People write resumes and writing a resume in itself is a skill. So I try to teach people this a little bit, try to get those skills onto the resume that people are looking for. I try to make that your story that you were telling on the resume is very crystal clear on what you're wanting, what you're good at, and trying to provide some evidence that that's true. Uh, one of the big mistakes I see for students, fresh grads, so I'm going to pick on quant finance here because that's where I'm working at, uh, but I see like the same resume with different names on it. And what do I mean by this? I mean that you'll have like an institution, some sort of university, like University ABC, for example, and this random university that I just made up, their students all have the same degree. And let's say it's a master's in financial engineering. And on every single one of these resumes, they have value at risk, which they think is risk management. Uh, they have stochastic calculus, they have statistics, uh, they have probability, uh, they have capital markets, fixed income, I don't know, something else on there. And they list it. And then they list out, you know, qualified skills of like programming languages, Python, R, C++, MATLAB, SAS, and I don't know, 15 other languages like Rust and some other stuff. And then you're like, okay, so I see this and all these resumes are coming through. They're all the exact same. So my question starts to be is like, okay, one, these resumes don't tell me anything because I don't have a lot of great details on you. Like you have statistics listed. What type of statistics? What projects did you work on, right? I want to know your academic background. I want to know which courses you took. So what are the relevant topics? Um, this makes it stellar for interviews because I can look at the resume and say, wow, okay, they have stats background. I work in the industry. I do a lot of stats. Um, 
you know, these are the skills they've listed. These are the courses they've listed on the resume. Let me ask them questions relevant to what they've done and see how much they know about those topics, which should be the highlights of their resume, right? They listed them on the resume. Let's see how much they know about these topics and really see if we can have a nice, interesting conversation for two reasons. One, I need to weed them out and figure out if they're even a relevant candidate, right? They're going to fit. And two, I want to sell them on the job. Like I want to show them we can have interesting quantitative topics about things that interest you, you learned in school. And hopefully you can answer a few of my questions, but hopefully on the other pieces, I can give you a little information and insight on, wow, okay, he knows a little bit more as the corporation. They're smart. They're cutting edge. They know what they're doing. And we can make a fit here where it's like the candidate wants to work for me because they're excited to learn a lot of information. I'm excited to hire the candidate because I think they can do the job. They have the basics down. We can kind of, you know, get them in here to solve problems for me. So the skills piece on the resume is hard. I see resume after resume after resume, though. There's just the same skills, the same very general broad topics, not a lot of meat on these resumes. And when they come in, they typically go through an HR process where HR, at least at a big bank, a big firm, HR will filter through, I don't know, say 100 to 200, 300 resumes, something. And then it gets narrowed down to like, 10, 20 resumes sometimes. And then you'll have these resumes and I've had situations where these maybe like 50 resumes that come in and that 50 resume stack gets passed to a few of the low level employees and said, hey, sort through these and pick out like the top five that you think are great. And then a few different analysts basically pick out these top five out of a few different stacks and those get passed to a hiring manager. And then a hiring manager finally looks at it, interviews a few of them and hopefully you find a good candidate. But the problem is the struggle again, is if the resumes are all the same, you're going to get tossed because there's nothing relevant to the job on there, or it's every same skill that everybody has. And yet I might need some more interesting details. I want to see that you have some rigor, some you know good insights, a project or two maybe that you did during school that really highlights those kind of points and keys here. So from the hiring perspective, it's just It's tough, guys. It's not as easy as you think. And I think often a lot of the excellent talent out there just slips through the cracks because they have just a poorly written resume. I try to make uh, interviews very casual, laid back. Like, I really want to know about you. I want to know about your projects. And to do that, I try to, like, make it fun, comfortable, exciting, kind of pull you out of your shell a little bit. Because I know how challenging it is uh, to be in an interview itself. But... Guys, when you have budget constraints, when you have other managers or even trying to figure out exactly what you need, it is hard to list a job and make it descriptive. So on both sides of this, the job description might be garbage from the corporation, the resume from the candidate might be garbage, and trying to find the perfect candidate or even just a decent fit candidate that you think you can work with and train is very, very challenging. And then the final piece here, I'll kind of top this off here. Uh, is personality and culture, which I think are huge. And I don't think a lot of people talk about these. When I interview, there's not a perfect personality, right? I'm not like, I don't know. I, at least I don't. I don't have a list of like, okay, I want these characteristics in a person. Realistically, I want someone that's, though, in general, general characteristics, someone who's easy to kind of like work with and get along with, someone that knows the information rigorously so they can do the job, Uh, but someone that's going to fit the team and every team I've worked on has been very different. So depending where you're working, depending what you hire, you want to make sure someone's going to fit the company culture for a few reasons. One being that the employee themselves, when you hire them, actually likes working there. I know this is shocking to hear from a lot of people, but you want people that fit well because you don't want to have to be replacing people all the time. Uh, The second piece though as well is that you want someone who you can actually work with and get a lot out of. 
And the third piece as a mentor in many situations as a manager, you want someone that you can kind of help grow and push them into bigger and better opportunities because that's really what management's supposed to do here. So again, finding those cultural fits, finding the good resumes, finding people that are actually qualified. Often people are qualified, but they don't market themselves very well. On the company hand, though, it's challenging to even, you know, companies write a lot of terrible job descriptions. They don't know exactly what they're looking for. And that is a massive red flag as well. If you're an employee and the job description looks like mundane nonsense, it's all like gibberish, business gibberish. From the quant perspective, don't take the job. I wouldn't even interview there because often it's, they aren't quants. They don't know what they're hiring, which means there's going to be no metric or bar of how they judge, you know, your performance over the year. So your bonus is basically like a random toss. So anyways, it's a challenge to hire people. It's a challenge to be an employee as well. Those are my thoughts. Thanks for listening. And as always, until next time.